and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, our guest is Esther Lee, Senior Editor for The Knot. She'll be sharing her advice on your invitations. From the save the dates to sending your thank yous, we have you covered. So Esther, to start, how did you get involved with The Knot? What's your wedding journey? Sure. So um, it was around 2016, actually, when I uh, was working at Us Weekly at the time. I was uh, covering celebrity news and also breaking news beats. I was recruited to join The Knot to oversee its news section, which was super exciting for me because I've always loved the narrative of weddings and engagements and proposals and you know how it's filled with so much joy. From there, I ended up pivoting and kind of growing up in news sites present. And now I'm overseeing, you know, top editing copy for digital and I have my hands in various projects every day. Um, And during this time, of course, COVID has been so crazy this year. So helping couples couples and vendors navigate this time has certainly been a really profound experience, actually, because I really do feel like we are helping people during a really challenging period. And so just happy to be here and to be uh, to be touching the most joyful day of couples lives. It's so exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you share your advice on our on our topic today, invitations. And before we get into it, something couples should know, and uh, hopefully you can speak more on this, is The Knot has their own stationery now, which coincides also with the wedding websites, which I think is awesome. Yes, it's actually such a neat product that we just launched this year. And, you know, couples, it's a one-stop shop for everything. So you can have your stationery match your wedding websites, which is like the dream because you want this cohesive... <laughs> yeah branding, ex- you know, how millennials and Gen Z are like they you want this cohesive branding experience around your wedding day, too. So now you can have that in one place. No, that's so true. So like 2019 is when I got married and we had a vibe with our wedding website from The Knot. And, you know, your invitations and stationery weren't out yet. So we actually did utilize the chalkboard theme, which we had on, on The Knot and put that with our save the dates and then tied in this like greenery and all that because we got married at a brewery. So we had a whole greenery and hops vibe with the invitations. So like if we wait to wait another year, although it would have been COVID, but um, (laughs) we could have had that. But we did work to try to have that cohesiveness. So it's so great you offer that in one place. Yeah. And well, thankfully you did get to avoid that. So um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm happy for you. That sounds like such a cool wedding, a brewery wedding. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Great Lakes Brewing Company. Shout out to them. And I feel for all the couples this year, you know, I have, oh my gosh, five or six friends that were supposed to get married this year. A couple went through with it in their own ways and will do bigger things later down the road. The rest have postponed and just the challenges that they've been through. Like I feel for everyone out there that's had to try to make a decision on if they're going to go forward or not this year. Yeah, it, it is a really challenging time. And we want couples to understand that there is this component of mourning. And yet we've actually seen some really beautiful, heartfelt events emerge from this period where, you know, so many are having micro weddings and they're coming up with alternative ways to celebrate the day that that it's actually much more intimate than they would have ever imagined. And therefore it leaves such a profound experience on their hearts. So there actually could be a silver lining, we'll say, in the wedding world when it comes to 
having to get it together during COVID, like, you know, when you have to think fast and on your feet and what do you really want to do? I mean, you could still do elaborate down the road, but the intimate wedding, I think, is such a a beautiful thing. And I think it's going to be a big trend for years to come. You nailed that one on the on its head, actually. It's one of our 2021 uh, wedding trends for sure. Um, we have this little saying called tiny toasts. So couples are asking their guests, the ones that are actually present, to just give a toast from afar about how they're related to the couple, how they've seen the trajectory of their love story. I've heard from wedding planners that there have been more tears at these particular COVID weddings than they have seen in a very long time. So it's abundant. The emotions are very rife. And obviously, people are celebrating now for all the right reasons, which I think is so special. I love that. Tiny toasts. Mm -hmm. Hashtag tiny toasts. That's amazing. I love that. So we're going to talk a little bit down the line about if you do have to postpone your wedding, because there's ways to, to navigate that. But let's start off with you're newly engaged. A lot of brides are and grooms are getting engaged this year still. And the first thing that gets sent out is the save the date. Where do you think couples should start with that? How soon after the engagement should they have a date set and send them out? Great question. You nailed that one. It's head because we're in the thick of proposal season right now. So obviously a lot of couples are wondering, where do you begin? We have three main overarching suggestions that we highly recommend. The first is couples need to figure out their wedding style. And we have this great tool called, you know, it's called the the wedding, it's like a wedding style quiz, swipe left or swipe right, like Tinder style, on any kinds of images of florals, color palettes that you like or dislike. And then at the end, it comes out with this, this distinctive wedding style that suits your taste and your partner can take it too. And then it matches you up to vendors locally or in whatever area you want to get married. It matches you up and then you get to like, reach out to them directly so that they can help you with that day. So we tell you though, definitely start with the wedding style because you don't want to send out a save the date that's not representative of you. (laughs) And then the next thing uh, we do recommend is timing. So timing is so important. We want to suggest that couples send out their save the dates eight to 10 months in advance. So at least be aware of that when it comes to planning your wedding. Once you have the venue secured, once you have like the planning started, you, you definitely want to get a move on those save the dates too. And then finally, this is really important, but guest list, make sure it's finalized. That's a big one. And the reason why we say guest list is because um, you you don't want to send out a save the date to somebody who is on the cusp and then, you know, then you have to uninvite them down the line. So So just be sure. I know it's so awkward. Yeah. I'm sure you've had so many awkward moments that you've had to like kind of overcome along the way. So I actually spoke about this like recently with Jeffra from Wedding Wire with Etiquette. So this ties in with the save the dates, make sure your guest list is solid, but also be prepared that people are going to assume they're invited to your wedding that you're not inviting. And it's can be a very awkward moment, whether it's a family member, a friend, coworkers. So just, yeah, make sure your guest list is nailed down and you're solid on it so you don't feel the need to like... I guess I can add you, even though you weren't intending on adding them. (laughs) Yeah, that's so challenging, especially sometimes because things are per person and you want your wedding day to be, you know, your people specifically. And so definitely sit with your partner and get that guest list finalized as much as possible. And if anyone's on the periphery, you can always come back and revisit that later. But make sure that the core folks in your life who you really need to have there, they at least got to save the date. (laughs) 
So there are a lot of great ways to send save the dates. There's obviously the paper version. There are magnets, which are really popular still. And then there's evites. Like, do you have a preference over what kind of save the dates get sent out? So it actually really does boil down to each couple. There are some couples who really want that whole customized experience. So they'll go they'll go crazy with the entire suite and some will look for a personal stationer who will create these watercolor invites or really cool digital experiences. Some are even doing boxes. This is like a brand new thing that we're seeing more of during COVID, but they're actually sending out these like pre-wedding boxes that are so cool to get people pumped up for the experience. So no, it's a matter of preference, but also like, it's okay to send out a digital save the date too. If you, you know, especially if you have more of a sustainably, you know, sustainability type of um, focused mind and you're eco-conscious, that's another area to consider, you know, digital. What are these boxes? Like, this sounds really fun. Boxes are great because in this in the time of uh, in the time on the time of Instagram, who doesn't love an unboxing? Have you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? We're actually marking this as one of our 2021 trends as well. But basically, a lot of couples are having welcome boxes now at their events, and so rather than having a welcome bag, it's a box that's like decorated so beautifully, and then you know guests get to experience the unboxing along with the weekend itinerary and a few other details. During the time of COVID, there's wedding masks at hand sanitizers in there. Oh, yeah. Smart. Along with the Advils and everything else you need for the weekend. (laughs) Bottle of water. Right. Bottle of water. Hopefully it's monogrammed, you know, the the standard, but it's a great, it's a great way to kind of um, receive your guests into any entryway point. So whether it's through the invitation or the save the date, or even through uh, just the welcome weekend box, couples and guests will both be delighted. So say the dates would be included in this, especially once you get to invitations, we really need to get on budget first because budget is key to everything in wedding planning. So what's a good healthy budget number that you think that couples should consider and what is involved in the budget? Sure. So yes, budget is very important. So according to the Not 2019 Real Wedding Study, uh, the actual cost, average cost of invitations was $560. Again, that's an average. So what that means is that there are some couples who, again, choose that very hands-on experience of working directly with a stationer, which will then correlate to a higher cost. And then there are those couples who choose to go en masse and they're not that they're not that focused on, you know, the customized experience. And there they they tend to go down the different routes. So this is really a, an average. And I want to remind people of that, too. What really is when you get down to the nitty gritty, the difference between going to a specific stationary company, maybe there's a local vendor versus something like a bigger brand, like a minted or a Shutterfly? Yeah. So I kind of think about this in a way, like, how do you like to go shopping? Like, what is your shopping preference? Do you prefer to go to a big box retailer? And would you just like to grab some of the more um, mainstream type of items? Or would you prefer to go to, you know, somebody who really specializes in this one area, like home and decor, or it could be silk dresses. I live, I live in New York city. So obviously there's a retailer or a specialty designer for everything. Yeah. So it's like, how do you like to shop? And so the couple, once they determine that some will choose, and again, the budget too, some will choose the experience of going to a stationer who will sit with you and hear your story out and illustrate and come back with these beautiful designs. And then there are others who want to shop at home from the convenience of their couches. And that's perfectly fine. So it really does boil down to your personal preferences. No, that's a great way of of putting it because I never would have thought about that as comparing it to how you shop. If you want more of the boutique 
experience or if you want more, you know, like going to a, a Macy's or I don't know, a Target, you know what I mean? Like something more options that way. So when should you start looking at your invitations, you know, once you get going in your wedding planning? Yeah, that's a great question. So invitations, you should at least start browsing um, nine plus months before you actually send them out. And again, that's a loose number because if you have to, you know, suppress in production time too, if it's a really elaborate invitation, then you want to add an extra time. If a lot of your guests are out of country, again, you have to mail and also like suppress that extra time to consider how long it's going to take for those invitations to arrive in the mail. Overall, though, nine months is a very safe amount of time. So we do recommend starting there. And then with so many shapes and styles and ways of doing it, like how what's a good way to break that down for a couple? Because I know firsthand it can be so overwhelming when there's so many options out there. The invitation, the way that you should think about it, other than the save a date, is that truly when they're opening this invitation, it's the first guest touch point for your wedding week. So, or your wedding day. So what you really want to think about is what is your style? Like, again, I come down to that whole, you know, take the quiz or figure that out. But it's so important because once you have that, it it comes easier. You know, you're able to narrow down the options and then determine a choice from there. Really, what I say is don't be afraid, though, to think outside the box, because some people think, okay, this is a task or a checklist item I have to get done. But really, you can have fun with the invitation if you if you decide to put that extra thought and care into it. I am delighted by some of the invitations I receive from friends, even the change of the dates. I've received some really funny ones recently. <laughs> I can't thank them enough, at least for the humor. Yeah, you know, since you brought that up, let's jump ahead a little bit to that, because it's nice to see that they, that they have changed the date options out there for COVID brides. But, you know, going forward, even when we're not in a time of COVID, which hopefully will be sooner than later, you might have to change the date because natural disasters, death in the family, circumstances arise, right? So what should you do if you need to change the date? Like what's what should be the plan of action, especially if the invitations are out? Sure. That's a, that's another, that's a tricky one. And we are definitely seeing that it's a challenging time for couples to navigate changes. What we do recommend is as soon as you have a date or as soon as you make a choice or a decision, get the word out as fast as you can, because that way your guests will be able to make plans accordingly, or at least be aware if they have flights booked or hotel rooms booked, that at least they can make those changes. If you're having a huge or massive size wedding of like 300 plus guests, feel free to tap your loved ones, your parents, your maid of honor, you know, your best man to help pick up the phone and make some calls but you wanna make sure that every single guest is accounted for. It's so important because you don't want someone to show up that day and that's just the situation. I also say another easy way to do it is over email. Just send it out en masse, give a slap a link to your wedding website and uh, have an FAQ page on there so that they at least have all the details at hand. Yeah, and again, the wedding website is key because majority of our wedding, especially wedding party, was coming in from out of town. And it's the quickest way to get information out there. It's a little trickier when you have maybe older relatives that don't really use the internet. So hopefully someone else in the wedding can help them along with the information, but it's the fastest way to help spread the word on any kind of changes or updates. Yeah, and it's also more, it's becoming increasingly more popular and we're seeing some really creative wedding websites out there. I like how couples even use maps, uh, like these digitized maps to like refer people to date spots. Like this is where we had our first kiss. 
this is where we took our first held hands or had our first dinner together. Oh, that's and, so cute. Um, yeah, it actually adds to the guest experience if, you're, if your wedding is held in the same region or it just gives them a, a reason to sort of know your story further. So, Oh, yeah, I love that. I'm such a romantic, though. Like, I love anything like that. <laughs> same. I am also a true romantic. I understand, Leah. I wear my heart on my sleeve for sure. Right? Yes. <laughs> so what should be included in the invitation? Because I feel like I missed a few things in my, in my process. Like, I wish I would have had more of your advice on this. So... Couples out there, get the skinny on this. Like what needs to definitely be included? You definitely want to include the wedding date and the location for sure and the time. <laughs> so make sure that you have that information on there for your guests. Also, you you likely want to include your name and your partner's name so that, you know, couples know exactly or your guests know exactly what they're celebrating. Those are the two highest points that I want to call out in terms of suggested information. And then from there, we tell couples, you want to add the parents' names, then sure. Uh, that's also another option, along with the dress code and the RSVP information. But I just want to caveat that by saying, you don't have to put everything on the invitation. You can also add additional cards in the invitation suite so that people can refer to the RSVP information, your wedding website, and that's okay too. So it doesn't look so clunky. So as far as putting the time on the invitation, this is another conversation that I, I had with Jeffra, actually. I'm personally a stickler for being early or right on time. But when it comes to a wedding, you don't want guests walking in when the bride is supposed to be having her moment. So if you know you have guests, especially that are usually late to everything, what's a good way of making sure they're aware that like this ceremony time means the bride's coming? <laughs> Don't interfere. <laughs> I would say this is also like an etiquette kind of a diplomacy issue that you should definitely work out with your friends. Use your bridal party or your wedding party. If this friend happens to be a friend of a friend or whomever, like maybe they can just be like, hey, by the way, the wedding is actually strictly starting at this time. So if, if you guys could all just show up or maybe have your wedding planner send out an email or utilize one of your pros to make that very clear because... Overall, there is no excuse for being late to somebody's wedding period, especially at that given time. To me, it's just, it's an etiquette no-no. At the end of the day, you just, you don't want to be that person. So if you're a guest and you're listening to this, just know that you do not want to be that person. <laughs> <laughs> right. So RSVPs, when should you have the time, like what should be the date on there? Because you want to give yourself enough time to get all the responses and have to chase people. <laughs> Hopefully not too many of them, but um, what's a good rule of thumb on that? Yeah, so we actually say that you should um, request all, our, all RSVPs to be sent three weeks in advance of the wedding date so that you have enough time to actually share the final guest count with the caterer. And then on top of it, of course, you've been through this before, seating charts. You wanna, oh, you wanna be yes. ready to prep that. How was your experience with that, Leah? Oh, so <laughs> I knew I'd probably have to chase some people down. So our, our wedding was May 25th. And I've mentioned this before on the show, but like we gave a nod to our Irish and Polish heritage throughout the entire wedding. And so kind of like as a little Easter egg for a wedding, we made the RCP like mail into us date by March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. So it gave us at least two months to like have me obsess over the table seating and get everything to catering and <laughs> chase people down. <laughs> so we gave ourselves ample time, but you know, 
good. I, I recommend think that's it. Great. <laughs> Better to be safe than sorry. And if you're the type of couple who likes to, actually, I like to think about it in terms of airport time. If you are the type of person who gets to a flight like three hours in advance and likes to sit in the lounge or likes to grab a nice wine glass and sit before the flight arrives, then great. Send it out in advance. If you're a risk taker, just know that three weeks is your deadline. <laughs> so make sure that all RSVPs are back by then. I love that you put it that way because I am that person that shows up to the airport majorly in advance to enjoy a glass of wine to calm my nerves before flying. <laughs> so you strike me as that kind of you strike me as a prepared individual based on I, what you were telling me. Yeah, I try. <laughs> I very much try. So you mentioned etiquette no nos. What are some of the no nos when it comes to invitations? For couples, they absolutely should not be including their registry link on their invitations. And the reason why we say that is because it doesn't look good, but couples will obviously, like they have wedding websites ready available already. So if your registry is linked to your wedding website, they can at least refer to that. Yeah, and more than anything, just just be aware of how, uh, how guests will receive things in general. Just be aware of the guest experience. Yeah, and you know what? Having the registry link to the website is ideal because especially through the knot, it, it connects you to all the different stores that you would probably be registering from, from Target and all that. It didn't Home Depot, which I'm still made at Home Depot for not having a registry because for older couples like me, we want things like that for our home. But like you have the honeymoon fund and all these other cool experiences. And it's so easy because everyone pretty much shops online anymore anyway. So they can go right to your website and click on the link from there. It's actually twofold. We have retailers on the Knot Registry, and then we also have the Knot Registry store. So now you can actually purchase products directly from our store inventory, which is like super cool. It's really interesting to actually watch registry uh, purchasing patterns. I think couples are couples are getting creative, you know, and they want the honeymoon funds now, and they want the puppy funds, which I personally really enjoy. Oh, so. yeah. And experiences are huge too, right? Yep. So, you know, some couples will choose to save for something like IVF. Others will actually ask for a year's worth of Domino's pizza. So (laughs) I know it's it's really, the range is very, um, it's tailored per couple. And I, that's what makes wedding planning so unique, right? It's just just like everything can be very personalized at this point. I love that. That's so fun. Yeah. I want to meet that couple, the Domino's couple. That's great. Believe it or not, Leah, people are looking for that all the time. Really? Like things like that? That's so awesome. That's so fun. So So you had mentioned, obviously, like with the Knots website, like what are other ways, tips that that couples are looking to be sustainable? Like what are things that they can do if they want to be more green? Oh, yeah. Especially with, um, you know, the wedding websites are one way actually you can be more green. So in order to kind of trim down the the amount of paper card inserts that you're including in your invitation suite, if you are sustainably minded, like just to have a link to your wedding website and include a lot of information on there about accommodations, directions, all of that can be included there. On the other hand, if you are the kind of uh, truly sustainable couple, but you want to have a paper invitation, there are so many types of different options in terms of cardstock that you could be using, such as seed infused paper. So I don't know if you've heard of this before. So basically, um, yeah, this paper includes little tiny seeds and the the guests can actually um, plant it after they're done reading, yeah, after they're done using this invitation and it can grow a plant in your backyard or, you know, if you're into gardening. So it really does help the environment and help our planet in some ways. Of course, there's hemp paper. There's so many options, which is really great. And sustainability is actually like really front of mind for us too at The Knot. 
I think this year we made a commitment that, you know, for every, every uh, invitation suite that's purchased, we actually plant a tree to help with the deforestation or other types of disasters that are happening around the country. So we've actually partnered with American Forest to do that for those who are in crucial need. That is wonderful. Kudos to you guys for doing that. That's amazing advocacy on your part. And this seed invitation is so fascinating. Like, I want, I want to utilize that for future invitations. Like, that's such a cool idea to recycle. Yeah, it's really special. And it's you can actually see the tiny seeds, like, embedded in the paper. But the paper quality is still so nice, and it feels luxe. So it really is a great option, and I'm glad that we're talking about it because more people need to know and protect our planet. I've never heard of that. Like, obviously, you hear recycled paper. I've heard of hemp being used, but never heard of the seed. Like, that's so incredibly awesome. Yeah, Leah, let love grow, you know? Oh, I love that. Yes. So one of the stressful parts of invitations, if especially if you're not having a professional do this for you, is addressing the envelope because it can be really tricky, especially etiquette-wise. You have... You know, if you're not inviting the entire family in a household, especially if kids aren't invited, or if you're not including a plus one for a single, or they're a doctor, military, divorce, like there's so much to it. Like what's, what are the proper etiquette and do's and don'ts for addressing an envelope? So traditional etiquette calls for the full name of the invited guests or guest along with their actual titles. So if it's a doctor, then, you know, Dr. Michael Lee would be a way to kind of spell it out. And if it's, if Michael Lee happens to be married, it could be Dr. Michael Lee and Vivian and Mrs. Vivian Lee, you know, so that's, those are ways that you can actually approach it traditionally speaking. But again, like times are changing in the wedding industry and also among couples. And so there are those couples who sort of find titles these days to be uh, restricting and almost exclusive. And for those couples, I say, if you want to be inclusive with how you address your invitations, then, you know, text text your guests and ask them how they choose to be referred to or just leave off the titles entirely. That's okay. There's no offense taken there. No, that's a great point, especially for our LGBTQIA community. Like, there are special ways that they would probably want to be addressed that maybe people aren't aware of. Yeah, exactly. You had mentioned the children earlier too. I, I did want to double click on that one because it is it is a hot button. Yeah, top. definitely. Yeah, Leah, I don't know how, I'm curious to hear about how you approach this too. But what we say is um, with your wedding invitations, address it to each guest who is invited. So even if, you're, if your friends have kids, if their children are not addressed, then the truth is they're not invited. And so overall, that's like one of the main pieces of advice that we have when addressing your guests, make it very explicit and make it very clear. Uh, Usually people can read between the lines. You would think there are still people that don't realize that, but that's okay. That's what we're talking about it. So hopefully more people can know that that's, you know, that's what it is. With our wedding, we the only children invited were the bridal party. We had three flower girls and uh, a ring bearer. And actually only one of the flower girls stayed for the reception. The rest went with their grandfather and, and hung out at home. For those that were part of the bridal party, we addressed it to the so-and-so family. So it was everyone in the household. And then other couples that we knew had children, it was just their names. But a few still was like, hey, like it says our names on the invitation, but like, can we bring so-and-so? And no, <laughs> thank you for asking, because instead of just bringing, no, 
love them, but no. I know, I'm actually sitting here with my, you don't see it, but I have my, my hand over my face right now. <laughs> actually, this week, our social team at The Knot came up with this really funny meme uh, that was basically, it was Charlie Brown themed, it was say it louder for the people in the back. And it had to do exactly <laughs> with this particular topic. Like, no, you're, it's, you, if you don't get a plus one, you don't get a plus one. And that's just how it is. Yeah. And, you know, to me, it was a little less awkward than dealing with the the people that assumed that they were invited to the wedding and weren't. But it's still like, a, you know, not an easy conversation. Like, I love your children, but you get to have date night <laughs> with an open bar. <laughs> you're yeah, welcome. You're <laughs> Talk about silver linings. Yeah, you're being very positive about this. It's good. That's my way of looking at it. Like, that was my teaser. Like, you get to have a date night with an open bar. You don't have to pay for any of it. It's great. <laughs> show up leave the kids at home yeah so and they were all fine about it in the end like no one gave a hard time luckily about that but yeah I mean it's a tricky situation but use use the date night open bar thing (laughs) they'll understand that's a good one I should lean into that more actually (laughs) telling you so what are some more trends that we're going to see for 2021 2022 for wedding invitations you you saw that Pantone released its color of the year this year this week yes that yellow color Yeah, so it's actually right on par with one of our 2021 trends. And 2022, um, we're seeing couples sort of return to this idea of celebratory palettes. So like very bright, bold suites that are full of pops of color over the simple white invitations. We're done with the neutrals for now. And then we're also seeing couples be, you know, much more cognizant of like types of uh, custom invitation styles. So like illustrations on Save the Dates or, you know, um, pressed flowers. So there's lots of different options that people are taking as it relates back to the, de- the decor elements of the actual invitation itself. Obviously, I cannot like I have to address this again, but like they're actually being much more aware of addressing their guests. So more inclusivity as it comes to addresses overall. Like I think, I think that in the years ahead, we're going to see a true thoughtfulness around how people are addressing others and, and their loved ones. And then we're also seeing an emphasis on digital. So like, you know, because of COVID and COVID has actually really impacted our trends uh, in so many ways. Of course, why wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, many couples have had to postpone their weddings or they're reimagining or pivoting their plans. So obviously if you're having a micro wedding or an elopement, like they're going to turn some of the components of the invitation to digital to make it easier to communicate. Again, we're seeing the rise of change the dates and helping couples reschedule with those, those change of the dates, of course. That's awesome. So you have this really great article on the knock.com about how to invite a president or celebrity to your wedding. <laughs> and yes. I really wish this article would have been out like a year ago because I would have taken advantage of this. But yeah, how can we do this? Like there's some fun advice in this in this article. Yeah, of course. Actually, before I get into it, who who would you have invited? Who would be like on your list? Oh gosh. That's on the spot. I don't know. There's a lot of people I would have been like, hmm, let me see if I can get them here. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many people. I mean, I, I could go right into the wedding world, like for everyone from Randy Finoli to Vera Wang to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is good to know. So if you were to have had a few invitations left and you were going to send it out to celebrities or people that you really admire, you would put them to good use by actually addressing, you know, your your invitations uh, to their, their contact information 
which you can actually find on this website called fanmail.biz. So you can see like these like generic addresses to Oprah, Taylor Swift, I don't know, Beyonce, whomever. And obviously some they have received these invitations because once in a blue moon, there is an opportunity where a celebrity will crash a wedding, especially if they're in that locality or that local area. And then, um, you know, that's like, that's really trying your luck, but at least you tried. And if not, oftentimes dignitaries will respond, um, you know, with like a, they'll, they'll write a nice little note and that could be a nice piece of uh, memorabilia for you to keep from the wedding day. So definitely if you have leftover invites, that's the way to put it to use. Yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Yeah. And then if you really do want a celebrity to like, if you want Bruno Mars to perform at your wedding, guess what? There is a price that comes with that. (laughs) So, (laughs) but you can hire a professional to make it happen. If you had your choice, who would you invite? Well, hands down right now, number one, BTS. (laughs) Do you you know the boy band, the the global K-pop band? Yeah. Uh, Times Entertainer of the Year for 2020. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have so many, actually. Some people would be very um, surprised to hear my go-tos. Andrea Mitchell is like a hero of mine. She's a journalist. And also, yeah, so she's another one. I loved her memoir many years ago, and I, I just look up to her so much. And then, of course, there's now today, this is Timely with T-Swift, just came out with an album. It would be a dream. It really would be. Speaking of Tay-Tay, do you think Folklore and Evermore are going to influence the wedding world? Because her first video out of the gate is very romantic and wedding-esque in some ways. Yes. Taylor Swift has, especially in the last uh, the last few years, she's really pivoted to this really romantic, um, soft, alternative type of vibe as it comes down to her music. And we are seeing couples increasingly added to their first dance song playlists. Mirrorball is definitely going to be one of those songs that we're going to be hearing increasingly. And now her new album, which I was listening to today, I was like, this is so beautiful. I I see this being played at weddings everywhere. And in the uh, first video, she wears this beautiful beaded headpiece that seems to be very on trend for 2021. Taylor does this, she's really good at melding the the vintage um, and that sort of storytelling aspect with the current times. And headpieces have been on the rise for the last several years. Lily Sadugi, I don't know if you've heard of her. She's a headband. She's actually created these beautiful bridal headbands that have pearl appliques and very ornate designs. So there is a lot of um, interest in bridal headbands and headpieces too. For a while, tiaras were really hot, you know, because they wanted people wanted to be princesses. And so we do see that. And then the flower crowns had its moment. Yes. Yeah. So we, we are seeing a resurgence in different types of headpieces. It's always fascinating to see how it evolves, but also comes returns in different ways. Yeah. And obviously celebrities and, and royal weddings kind of help navigate that, I think, as well. Right. They sure do. Yeah. Um I mean, I would love to have uh, access to Queen Elizabeth II's uh, inventory of crowns. But overall, yeah, people aspire. It's aspirational in so many ways, uh, these celebrity weddings, because it really is the most romantic moment that you see play out publicly. And then you could take elements of it and add it to your special day if you're interested. What are some other invitations that couples should be considering, especially with their budget? Other invitations. Do you mean in terms of aesthetic? No, like, I mean, bridal shower, I'm assuming someone else would cover that for you. But if not, and would you want that to tie in with your wedding, bachelor, bachelorette, and then your thank yous? 
Yes, of course. Love that you're asking this question. So this the wedding stationery isn't just solely the save the date and the invitation. It actually is like this cohesive package if you choose to make it such. So you can also add on thank you cards that match your wedding invitations too. And you want to talk, you, you, you have those options actually on the dot.com um, for our invitation section now. But we are seeing a, an increased interest lately in batch party or batch party invitations. Because it is such a special experience, why not make it the full on sweet, cohesive, hey girl, like you're invited or hey best friends, you know, send this out to a bunch of people. It depends who's hosting. Your MOH usually does end up carrying a lot of that weight. I don't know if you've been a maid of honor before, Leah. Um, I've been a bridesmaid like five times, but never yeah. a maid of honor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, the bridesmaids carry so much um, as it comes back down to bachelorette, but that's how you make it fun. Like you want to get people excited for that experience. But you can say to them like, hey, this is the theme that we're going with. Like if you'd like to tie it in, please do. Or should it just be let them do as they think will be cool. If you're the bride and you really think that there's a special theme that you had in mind and you want them to do it, then like say it. I wouldn't demand it, but I would just suggest it, you know, <laughs> and and hint at it, say something like, yeah, our wedding is going to be a, a winter wonderland theme. So because we're going to Aspen to go skiing for our bachelorette trip, I thought there would be a fun way to tie that in somehow. I defer to you. <laughs> and with the thank you notes, what's the time frame? that couples need to know to make sure that they get their thank yous out to their guests? If you want to be proactive throughout the process, as soon as you start receiving those gifts, start writing the thank you cards already in advance. And the reason I say that is because you could choose to sit down at the way end and, and get a hand cramp with your partner and, <laughs> and do that. Or you can take some time and actually like thoughtfully respond to each guest who, especially if they're sending gifts early. So if they send you a Dyson in advance, say, thank you so much. My apartment has never looked cleaner and we're so happy to have you as part of our big day. And thank you. Oh, something with budget I want to bring up. I, I brought up in the very first episode with wedding planning, but since we're talking invitations, I, I think it should be reiterated and hopefully you have more to expand on it. In your budget, also factor in stamps <laughs> because you don't realize how much in your budget that they actually are until you're having to pay for them for your save the dates, for your invitations, for any other invitations, your thank yous. It adds yes. up. Absolutely, Leah. That's a great point. You want to consider actually stamps and you also want to consider the weight of what you're sending out. So I think some couples, they turn end up being very surprised when they end up at the post office. They're, they're like, no, 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 you're, you're actually, your envelope is not sized correctly. So you have to pay double or triple the amount of, you know, what yeah. it would cost. It's really important that couples do their due diligence up front and at least know that sort of information. So stamps is a great point. And also the weight and the size of the envelopes is, is a good one too. Definitely. Anything else about invitations you think couples should know? We have talked about timeline, but I just want to reiterate one more time. So with save the dates, you want to be ready nine plus months beforehand. So as soon as you get engaged and you lock in that venue, um, you you kind of do want to move quickly on the save the date process. In terms of ordering um, your invitations, so you want to order them five to six months before the wedding, the actual date, and then you want to mail them eight to 10 weeks minimum before the wedding to ensure that they get to your guest just so that they can reach that RSVP deadline. The more time that you're able to give 
I think the more courtesy there is there. So also for yourselves, you don't want to be stressed out sending these out. It's like another fun part of the experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So last question for you. It's a fun one is what is your all-time favorite wedding movie or movie that features a wedding? Okay. Thank you so much for asking this question. Does it have (laughs) to be all-time? Like just the one? No. I mean, if you have a few, like go for it. Okay. I'm really (laughs) excited. The first that really made an impression on me was actually The Wedding Planner with starring Jennifer Lopez. Just watching Jennifer in in that outfit with her headset, you know, making sure that everything was organized and completely coordinated was such an enthralling moment for me to witness in my, in my youth. I think back to the, you know, just how much meaning there came to even the the industry through that movie. So that was an interesting aspect of it. In terms of an actual wedding movie, like the scene made me cry. You know, I will tell you, Crazy Rich Asians, surprisingly. Oh, yes. Yeah. We partnered with Warner Brothers in 2018 before the world premiere. And it was such a beautiful experience because... They not only had like the, the stereotypical crazy bachelor party, but on like a greater scale, <laughs> but they also had um, just the way that the ceremony arranged and how it looked, the music. I think people sometimes forget that weddings really are this sensory, like 360 panoramic experience, which is why like it felt so beautiful watching that that scene play out in the movies, because then you also have a separate love story scene happening there, too. And then third, you know, I just actually recently watched this movie and maybe it's really fresh, but have you heard of the movie All My Life? No. Yeah, so it actually, unfortunately, you know, we're in the middle of COVID, but it really should have had this huge release in theaters. It came out a few weeks ago and it's based on a true story uh, between a woman um, named Jennifer and Jen Carter and her husband, Solomon Chow. Um, He proposed and then several weeks later, I believe he was uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer. So this is based on a true story in 2015. This couple in the movie, you watch them really wrestle with whether or not they want to move forward with this life stage of celebrating their youth union and and knowing knowing that this is imminent um you know i don't want to spoil too much for you but you know the story is out there but he does they end up going forward with this wedding and i felt like it was right on par with what we are currently experiencing as a greater society in that you know it really showcased what weddings are and that is celebrating the the union of two people who just magically find each other and they're set together, set together for life. And I think that we are returning to that messaging as a society. And this movie did a beautiful job of displaying that. Oh, I have to check it out. That sounds so romantic. Yeah, please watch it when you, whenever you have a moment. I know it's it's going to be released again soon. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, my favorite wedding movie of all time is also The Wedding Planner. Oh, really? What was your favorite I scene? I have it like basically memorized. My husband laughs because it's been free on Amazon Prime and Netflix the last few months. So he'll walk past me while I'm cooking and I'll have it on. (laughs) Oh yeah. I rewatched it again. I too did. Right. It's just so good. Ah, My favorite scene. Oh, you know what? Even though I'm so happy she and Matthew McConaughey end up together, I have to say one of the most romantic proposals is when Massimo proposes to her (laughs) with the, with the, dollhouse and then she says yes with the scrabble letters it's like oh if Massimo would have just been the right one this would have been ideal like this is perfect (laughs) yeah it really would have been one of those sweeping proposals I again in terms of proposals I think about that sweet home Alabama proposal all the time Tiffany's 
then Patrick Dempsey just like walks in and goes, pick one. And every girl in America was like, yes, pick one. It's still one of the greatest proposal scenes, I think, in movie history. I love that scene. Leah, absolutely agree with you. Totally. In Wedding Planner, here's a little nugget. If you pay attention, if, you're, if you've been a fanatic like um, I have been, and I'm sure you are too, Esther, if you, because I believe like beauty and fashion in movies are like another character. If you watch how her hair is tightly in a bun or loose down, it goes with her mood based off of the relationship with Matthew McConaughey. That's fast. I'm going to rewatch today immediately. You, when she's being <laughs> her like stern, like I'm in, I'm in work mode and I don't need love. Her hair's in a bun. But when she's feeling more romantic, she's more vulnerable. Her hair is down. I need to rewatch. Thank you, Leah, for that tip. It's just a little thing I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Esther, thank you so, so much for being with us today. It's been so fun to have you. How can we get more information on The Knot and all that it offers? Oh, thank you, Leah. You know, just go to thenot.com. We are your one-stop shop and resource for all things weddings, whether it be your wedding website, whether it be invitations, even etiquette. You know, my team, especially our editorial team, really loves to support couples with planning advice. So if you have any questions, I betcha it's answered on thenot.com. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you check us out on Facebook. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey.